the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The following program is sponsored by Ron Geyer Roofing. The Bible describes events that will mark the last days, or end times. 2 Timothy 3.1 says, This know also, that in the last days perilous times shall come. Matthew 24.44 tells us, Therefore you must be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour when you do not expect Him. Bible teacher Ron Geyer leads us through Scripture that will help us to remain strong in the Lord. End Time Insights with Bible teacher Ron Geyer starts now. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I'm good. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. We're excited to come here again another day. Thank you, Jesus. I was glad when they said go to the house of the Lord. For me, today, the radio is the house of the Lord, and I thank the Lord for the opportunity. Hope you guys are doing good. Let's see. Today is Sunday evening. We'll see what goes on. Uh, I'm going to talk to you a bit about uh, the election. I'm going to talk to you about your faith. I'm going to talk to you about the future. I'm even going to prophesy something to you. I was reading the other day because, you know, if Trump doesn't get elected, a lot of these big name prophets in my sphere, in my, what's the word I'm looking for, in my faith, in the group that I hang out with, they prophesied that for sure that Trump was going to be reelected again to a second term. And now we're kind of stretching it. Well, nobody said back-to-back terms. And, you know, they they do all this stuff. So there could be a lot of job openings in the prophet's ministry. They talked about the fact, so I'm reading scriptures. I'm reading, I think it was Deuteronomy 18, where it talks about the fact that, hey, man, if somebody comes, well, God doesn't say, hey, man, but I'm paraphrasing, that if somebody comes and they speak, thus saith the Lord to you, and it doesn't come to pass, that person was not sent by me. Oh, and by the way, I'll kill him. So I am very careful about what I say to you guys. I tell my people all the time, you know, we have Bible study, 20 people show up, whatever, 18, 20, 25. And I, I walk in the church Sunday morning, hey, Pastor Ron, I say, I am not a pastor. And you go, oh man, you speak like a prophet. I am not a prophet. Don't you dare. So I'm always wary about being labeled like that. So you want to be careful. I am a Bible Teacher, it's that simple. That's what I do. Hallelujah. Uh, Whether Trump wins or Trump loses, don't forget, this is Sunday night, and I guess the inauguration for, it seems, for Mr. Biden is going to be on Wednesday. Now, I don't know what God's going to do. I'm hoping he does something. That's where my faith is. And yet there's two likely scenarios. I'll get to them in a minute. But whether Trump wins or whether Trump loses, it really doesn't matter to the church. If he wins, then the church is going to be persecuted and we're going to be hated and we're going to be attacked as never before. If he loses, we will be persecuted, we will be hated, and we will be attacked as never before. So to us, six of one half dozen of another is just who is doing the attacking, you know, whether it's going to be a rebellious uh, minority party in the uh, Senate and the House or it's going to be a demonic majority party in the Senate and the House under an executive branch that hates God, hates America, hates our freedoms, hates truth, hates Christians. That's what we're up against. Either way, we will be persecuted. But that's not bad news. You know, we are not called to change our environment. The church never called to change the environment. We're called to impact the environment. We're called to thrive in the environment, to endure in the environment, to overcome in the environment. Whether Nero or Trump is in charge, the message is the same. Preach the gospel, 
overcome the world, win the lost, disciple those that we win, stay in faith, worship the Lord, fear God, and obey his commandments. That's our duty. As we enter into what looks like most likely is going to be Trump's last couple of days, we must be committed to rising to the challenges that are surely going to be placed in front of us. Remember, Jesus said, John sixteen thirty three, These things have I spoken unto you, that in me you might have peace. And that's where our peace is, not because we have Republicans in power, not because we have appointed a couple more conservative Christians to the bench. Uh, I could talk about that, but that's another topic. But Jesus said, you have peace in me. In the world, you shall have tribulation. You will be tribulated. There's no way around it. Just get that settled. In the world, you shall have tribulation, but be of good cheer, because I have overcome the world. He didn't say you overcame the world. He said, no, you need to be happy, and you need to be joyous, because I have overcome the world. And I guess the meaning behind that is because he has overcome the world, you too shall overcome the world, if you stay in him. The key in that uh, verse is, in me, you might have peace. We are in Christ, 56 times in the New Testament, the phrase in him or in Christ is used. That is not only who we belong to, it's where we live. We live in Christ. What a word for the Christian today. I've been inundated, me. I get Facebook messages all the time. You know, you got Messenger on Facebook. I don't do Twitter. I don't know about Parler or any of these other things. I just use Facebook. And that's on a short string too. But as long as we can have an impact, I think I'll stay on it. But look, I get Facebook messages all the time, probably two or three dozen a day. And they're telling me they got videos and they've got this one said this and this guy said this and there's prophecies and it's amazing. And they're telling me of hidden plans and agendas by the Trump people and by the patriots, good hearted people. But they are giving out information that just isn't real. You know, I've heard it all and I cannot react to those. Ninety nine percent of them are false anyway. So I stay in the word. I remain cheerful, not because of anything someone said or any prophecy that came forth or somebody said uh, the Durham report's going to take everybody down. These people are going to jail. That's not what I'm interested in. I am in Christ. I remain cheerful because of Christ. In the natural realm, I see two likely scenarios. One is that God will reveal that this election was stolen, that fraud and evil that drives our nation has been exposed, and that he will use the current Trump presidential team, the lawyers, the investigators that they've got to do that, to expose this evil and to remove those from positions of power. That's one scenario. Then we get four more years in which to repent because we had Trump for four years and we did not repent. And we get to come to terms with God, the fact that we have rejected him, that we have remade him in our image. We've got a lot to repent for. It would take four years to do it. But that's one scenario where Trump is in charge. And the other scenario is where Biden will be allowed to steal the election, and he becomes our next president. This would signal, in my view, a final move by God that America has passed the point of no return. It would signal to me that a hands-off policy by God is now the norm. America has rejected him, and now we must bear the fruit of our rebellion. For me, I'm fine with either one. My assignment doesn't change. I will preach. I will pray. I will perform my vows unto the Lord. No matter what the environment is, I will say, thus saith the Lord regarding this. And here's, I am going to prophesy to you now. In either case, the lost are going to be one. The church will be persecuted and the righteous will shine in darkness. I love that. I didn't get that out of my own spirit. That's written in the word of God. So I'm not in trouble. I just speak you the word of God. You look it up 
and you see the fact that, hey, the church is going to win the loss. Hey, the church will be persecuted. And hey, the righteous will shine as light in the midst of great darkness. So that doesn't change whether it's Biden or Trump. Nothing changes. Under either scenario, your assignment is the same. And this is the crux of the message I want to get to you today, that you must be ready. You must be ready. Now, I didn't say you must get ready. You must be ready. Matthew twenty four forty four. So you also must be ready because the Son of Man will come at an hour when you do not expect him to come. Jesus is talking to the church. He's speaking there to the disciples. They asked him, what will be the sign of your coming? Remember and all this stuff. And so he's telling you. And if you read Matthew 24, he lays it out chronologically for the first 20 or 30 verses. And then he starts filling in the flesh in some of those verses. So when you read it, don't get screwy about stuff that's happening. Mid-tribulation rapture, pre-tribulation rapture, post-tribulation rapture. Just read it. Let the Holy Spirit minister to you. It's written chronologically the first couple of dozen uh, verses. So I get scores and scores of videos warning. They're telling me about what's going to happen. They tell me that that I have to be ready. The Q, wacky Q. They're famous for their erroneous predictions and their false promises. Q, it stands for quack. Then there's the false prophets who are out to make a name for themselves. They send out this stuff all the time, too. There's also the regular guy that makes his own videos. He's got inside anonymous sources that he wishes to share with me or from people that he knew. I don't pay any attention to that. I can't. It distracts me from the Word of God. Not only do I get depressed by some of the stuff that they say, but I get really hopeful, you know, because some of the stuff is really enlightening. I love it. This week, there was something going around that we talked about that Trump was going to declare martial law. Get gas, get money, get drugs, get food, get ready. And it may be true, probably isn't, but I do expect God to do something miraculous between now and the inauguration. I just don't know what it is. But for me, I don't have to get ready. I am ready. My wife and I, we don't have to get ready. We are ready. And yet, in the natural, sure, we got gas in our cars. We got a couple of bucks lying around. We've got any meds that we may need. We got food. We always have food. I love to cook. So in that sense, we are ready. But the bigger issue is that you need to be ready for the return of Christ Jesus. That's what he was talking about. Diane and I, we don't get our information from social media. We don't get it from the TV. I personally don't watch or listen to the news at all. I've had it. And I am free. Thank you, Jesus. You know, I've got four, five, six preachers that I listen to regularly. I trust them. My wife will catch them. She loves watching uh, the Donnie Swaggart and the Josh and John Rosenstern, I think their name is. You know, I love Mario Murillo. We've just gotten turned on to Andrew Womack. He does a great job. These guys, their eyes are open, and they're not giving you the same message that we needed 20 and 30 years ago. They are talking about the fact that the church is under assault. We have drifted away. We have become silent. We are not challenging sin like we're supposed to be. And they're challenging us in our churches. We need to get that. You know, and God's so good. I mean... I got all these prophecies. I put the prophecies on hold, and people quote to me, well, you know, Ron, uh, those that listen to the prophets, they shall prosper. Well, that's good. That's not my goal. You know, there's other ways to prosper rather than listening to the prophets, especially in today's age when there are so many false teachers and false prophets in the church, like Peter talked about. And like I said, because I don't go up and down with the news, I don't go up and down following this prophecy or that prophecy, I stay rooted and grounded in the Word of God. You know, Diane and I, we have these preachers we listen to. There's a half a dozen of them. We pray, we hear the Holy Ghost, and we soak in the Word of God. We have a working relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He tells me when I'm off, that's for certain, or when I'm wrong. And he just lets me go when I'm right. I put the prophets on the shelf. I can hear from God just fine. Thank you. 
Jesus is coming back when you are not thinking. That's what that scripture talks about. When you're thinking he's not coming back is when he is coming back. It's good to be ready in the five sense realm, get the food, the medicine, drugs, and everything like that. But like Jesus himself said, you must be ready. It's the open, I think Karen, the announcer on my show, uses that scripture all the time, Matthew 24, 44. You must be ready. He didn't make it optional. He didn't use it as an encouragement, say, well, I think you ought to get ready. You know, he didn't say get ready. He said, you must be ready. That's right up there with you must be born again. This is who Jesus is. And he warns us, you know, he gave us a book. It's a great book. It tells us what's happening. I have questions for God. Of course I do. But concerning the daily issues of life, I'm not blind. I get my questions answered. Like I said, normally when I hear him is when I've gotten off. Normally when I'm right, he just lets me go until I get off track. And then he'll get me back somehow through a word from a friend, through a caution, through a rebuke. Who knows? But... I'm being sensitive to hear him. And as long as I stay in the word of God, I'm going to stay out of trouble. Jesus is coming back when you are thinking he is not coming back. You must be ready. He's coming back when you don't think he is. Get your gas, get your food, get your meds, get your cash. But there's not enough of any of those items if you are not ready for the return of your Savior, Jesus Christ. Acts 4.12, salvation is found in no one else, for there is no other name under heaven given to mankind by which you must be saved. I have two eternal musts for you. Number one, you must be ready for his return. And number two, you must be saved. Look at that. Going back to Matthew 24. So you must be ready. Talking about the return of Christ. Acts 4.12, You must be saved. Those are two eternal musts. And I'm telling you, you need to build your life around them. You must be saved and you must be ready for his return. Diane and I, for us, no matter who wins, we will continue to disciple God's people. We will stay in the fight for a free America. We will preach Christ Jesus and him crucified and we will not run. Jesus said, if we live in this world, we will have persecution. Well, then so be it. You know, I'm a Christian and I am an American patriot. And I was thinking about this today. Uh, Those things shouldn't collide. They should be both. And for me, as a Christian, when I hear this news, I'm aware that the election has been stolen. I get that. I know that. It's a fact. It's not an opinion. It's a truth. The election has been stolen. On the news, they'll tell you that. Well, you know, there's been no evidence. The courts have found no evidence. It's not that the courts found no evidence. The courts that we brought them the evidence, but the courts would not hear the evidence. There's a difference. Be careful of the way, if you're still listening to the news, the radio, Fox, anybody, be careful of the way they present stuff to you. Because when they tell you there's been no evidence found, they are lying. The evidence has been found, and they'll tell you the courts found no evidence. No, 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 no. The courts would not listen to the evidence. There's a big difference there. And the world that doesn't listen, that doesn't have their ears or eyes open, they fall for that stuff. It's so important that you learn to listen truthfully. You need to listen. I love the fact that Jesus talked about you need to hear things in your heart. You know, you not only hear, what is it? What's that scripture? Uh, The word of God. No, no, all things. No, I'll get it. There's a scripture that talks about that you hear things with your heart. And it's so important that you train your heart to hear the word of God. The more word of God you put in you, the easier it is for your heart to discern what's God and what's God. What is it? 
that script. It's in Hebrews. I got it. I'm going to get it before the time's up. Anything anointed by God in these last days is going to have a bullseye on its chest. Just like the nation is deserting President Trump, literally crucifying him in the press. They're rewriting his history. They are promoting lie after lie about him, things he didn't say, things he never said. The same is about to happen to those in the church who remain true, who don't bow, who won't compromise. First Peter four twelve and 13. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you, as though some strange thing had happened unto you. I think nothing is strange going on there. It's all written. If I read it, there's no surprises to me. Verse 13. But rejoice inasmuch as you are partakers of Christ's sufferings, that when his glory shall be revealed, you may be glad also with exceeding joy. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. And you've got to get this now. Here we are. We're under the age of grace still. And it's an important time. It's when God gives us all the opportunity to get saved. Jew, Gentile, sinner, heathen, Muslim, uh, Church of Christ, Catholic, whomever. Today is a day of salvation. We are under grace. It's actually called in some circles the grace age, and it's called that because God doesn't measure time like we do. He measures time big. He's a big God. The earth is his footstool. He measures time in ages. (laughs) And so we are under the grace age. You have the age of the law. You got the age of grace. You've got the millennial age around the corner. And so you got the eternal age coming down the road after that. And so he measures time in ages. And so grace, grace, don't think it's strange concerning the fiery trial, which is to try you. We are being tried while we're under grace. And there's nothing wrong with that because grace, understand this, let me give you a simple explanation of grace. Grace is merely the, and I don't mean to belittle grace, grace is the opportunity to know God on a daily basis, minute by minute. It is the opportunity to live in the presence of the creator of the universe on a daily basis, knowing him, that you have access to him, that you are intimate with him. Grace is opportunity. We are living under the opportunity to know God. Don't forget the Jews, the Holy Spirit came. Remember David played the... The harp. David played the harp in the presence of Saul, and that anointed music brought rest and peace to Saul. Well, the Holy Spirit came upon people in the Old Testament, and then it left them. That's not with us today. Because of grace, the Holy Spirit lives inside us, a totally different dynamic. Grace, we have an opportunity to know God during this time of grace. That's what grace is, the opportunity to know God intimately. We're in the age of grace. The Jews did not have the same opportunity that we have until the Messiah came. But because they rejected him as the Messiah, they never got close to him like we did. The opportunity, though, is still there today. But it's only here for a short time longer. I have got to tell you, though, it's much better if you will choose the Lord Jesus Christ now while we are under grace than having to wait until the tribulation period. Once the grace age is over, people can still get saved. They can still come to know God, but it won't come through grace. It will come through judgment. It will be harder. It will be more difficult to live as a Christian. Most likely, it will cost you your life. That's the tribulation. I believe the tribulation is the place of the next great, the greatest revival that the world has ever seen in the tribulation period. That's when that happens. People are saying, well, there's going to be one more great revival before we're out of here. Maybe, maybe not. I personally don't believe that. 
I believe the Great Revival doesn't come till after we're out of here. All the teaching we've done, all the people we've prayed for, all the times that we've ministered and done good works for the Lord God, those will be remembered by the people when their lives are on the line. When they are, you know, right now, the fear of the Lord, that's something that you and I, we choose to look at through the Word of God. They're going to lose that opportunity. I'm sure the Bibles are going to be burned. I'm sure it's going to be living hell on the earth. Those people, they're going to have to make a decision for God, but they're going to be face-to-face with the fear of the Lord, which is good. They just have to make sure they make the right decisions. Even in Revelation 6, it talks about the people. They're experiencing the wrath of the Lamb, and they're praying to their God. They're praying to the earth. They're praying to the rocks and the mountains. Fall on us! Because the wrath of the Lamb is here. They knew it was the wrath of the Lamb. They didn't pray to God. All these tree huggers, all these global warming people, all these people that magnify the earth, save the well, kill the baby, all of them who have made earth, planet earth, mother earth, their God, during the time of tribulation, they will be on their knees begging the rocks to kill them rather than acknowledging the fact that Jesus Christ, the wrath of the Lamb is here. You need to repent. But my point is the tribulation, I think, is going to be the next great move of God in the earth for salvation. Revelation 7, 9 through 14. After this I beheld, and lo, a great multitude, which no man could number of all nations, all kindreds, all people, all tongues, stood before the throne and before the Lamb, clothed with white robes and palms in their hands, and cried with a loud voice, saying, Salvation to our God, which sits upon the throne and unto the Lamb. This is an account of the fact of the tribulation saints who were killed and murdered for their faith. Now, and it says, a great number all nations, all people, all tribes, all tongues standing before the Lord. That is the great revival that I'm talking about, and it takes place during the tribulation period. And all the angels stood round about the throne and about the elders and the four beasts, creatures, and fell before the throne on their faces and worshiped God, saying, Amen, blessing and glory and wisdom and thanksgiving and honor and power and might be unto our God forever and ever. They have been delivered out of the tribulation during what I feel is the greatest revival. And one of the elders here, I'll prove it. And one of the elders answered, verse 13, and said unto me, Who are these that are arrayed in white robes and where did they come from? And I said unto him, Sir, you know. And he answered me and he said, These are they which came out of the great tribulation and they have washed their robes and made them white in the blood of the Lamb. See, we get robes of righteousness now. I make a joke about this all the time. They had to do their own laundry. They had to go through the tribulation. They had to have their robes washed. They washed their own, made them white in the blood of the Lamb. They went through the tribulation period. They died in faith, and their reward is eternal heaven with God. It's a wonderful time. The tribulation will be a time of tremendous judgment. Yes, it's going to be a time of great wrath, absolutely, and calamity. Hell will literally be loosed upon the earth. But thank God for his endless love and mercy. It will also be a time of the greatest revival this earth has ever known. Hallelujah for his goodness. Hallelujah. His mercy endureth forever. You know, I can sit here and watch what's going on in America and even in the world to some extent. The stolen election, the pandemic, the national assault on our freedoms, the rampant homosexuality, sexual perversion, the murder and abuse of our own children. I can give you numbers and specific accounts that would make your head spin and they would bruise your soul as well. Or I can just plain give you the why 
behind the what. Many of you don't know why we have a pandemic right now, why the, the, the virus is real. People are dying, not to the extent that they're making it. Many of you don't understand we have an evil administration about to replace a good administration. Many of you don't understand why sexual perversion is rampant in the land. You still can't figure out why we kill so many of our children. The why behind the what. All of that is the what. But there's a why behind it. And the why behind that what is actually a who. That who is God. In a world and particularly a nation that has rejected God, you, God, have finally rejected us. You have given us over to our own lust, to our own evil, wicked, pagan desires. You control the weather, not Satan. Satan doesn't send storms. God does. You send the storms, not the enemy. Plagues come from you, gracious God, not Satan. You won't find a scripture in the Bible where it talks about Satan sending a plague. We murder, mankind murders, and we abuse our children because you said you would forget about them when we as a church forget about you and we reject you. That's what the church has done. Preacher after preacher, I hear, is constantly calling out other pastors and leaders and shepherds who are not doing their job. Hosea 4, 6, even God does it. My people are destroyed for lack of knowledge. You know that scripture and you leave it right there, but there's so much more. Because thou hast rejected knowledge, saith the Lord, I will also reject you and you shall no longer be priest to me. Seeing that thou hast forgotten the law of thy God, I also will forget your children. It's right there for us. Because we've rejected God, because the priest have forgotten God, we will no longer be under the protective hand of God and our children are going to suffer the result of that. Yes, abortion could have been stopped, but because the church got silent, the church chose not to speak about it, our children are suffering the loss of their life. I'm Ron Geyer. We love you guys. Have a great week. We'll be back next week. God bless you. Thank you for joining us for End Time Insights with Ron Geyer. Listen again next Sunday night at 8 on 100.7 The Word, where faith comes by hearing. You can also listen to the podcast of this program by going to kkht.com. If you would like to contact Ron, email him at gospelguy at comcast.net.